Hey, this is Alex. And I'm Riley. And you're listening to Financing Ambition, a Laurel Road podcast. Where we'll talk about the financial decisions that you'll face along the road of life with an eye to increasing your financial health and understanding. So today's episode is all about side hustles and the gig economy. Side hustles, as we know, are a great way to add supplemental income, pay down your debt, indulge in a passion project, or just make more money. I read an interesting article in Entrepreneur Magazine recently on profit-driven side hustles that could deliver at least $1,000 per month. Briarly, can you guess what the top three are? Ooh, I would have to say selling anything online. Drop shipping or Poshmark. Pretty close. Number one is selling on eBay. Number two is recycling used smartphones. Really? Yeah. Wow. And number three, get this, becoming an influencer. Huh. I'm just kidding. That's not actually on the list. (laughs) But we have some insights on this enviable hustle. Joining us is our colleague here at Laurel Road. People tend to know him from the Bachelor Nation, Derek Paith. Here you are at your boring old day job at Laurel Road with us. Tell us a little bit more about your background getting here, and then we'll talk more about your side hustles, which I'm sure people are very interested to hear about. Well, first of all, to my boss, uh, I don't think it's boring here. I just think we work really hard and put in many long hours, and we all deserve raises. Disclaimers, disclaimers. <laughs> um, no, it's it's. I've always maintained a job in the financial industry. Um, when I pivoted into this weird, you know, part of my life um, <laughs> in the bachelor world, I was working at a at a nine to five sales job for for a bank down in Florida. Um, I got a call in the middle of the day from some random number and I thought it was a prank call because it came in and it was this very LA uh, voice that came on and said, hi, this is Kelly from The Bachelor. We just want to know if you're still single. And I instantly, my brain, I was like thinking of the morning radio show that I'd heard that day that had prank calls on it. And I just said, you can email me and up the phone. And Throughout most of my career, I've, I've just kind of stuck my foot into any door that I could and then took that next opportunity. And I knew it was a one-time thing that I couldn't do again. So, yeah. But I still wanted to maintain this foundation, um, and thus here I am at Laurel Road with you guys. Awesome. Aren't wow. we lucky? Aren't we lucky? I know. So you've gone from banker to bachelor and then back to banking. Mm-hmm. They seem so unconventional and contrasting. Can you tell us a bit about how you made those decisions? Totally. I think unconventional is right. You know, I actually had to quit my job that I had before mm-hmm. to to make that decision to go go on the show. There's a lot of focus, I think, on like finding your passion and, and making sure that that's what your job is. Uh-huh. And I've always had this idea that there's a multitude of sides to you. So to me, it was just a natural fit of my skills to be in a sales role, a financial institution. Um, but that doesn't necessarily hit on some of my passions. And I think the creativity that goes along with being involved in something like a television show, I mean, that's about as creative as you can get. Um, and then along with that, a lot of the other things that, that again have, I know you use the, the I word there, Alex, before influencer. Mm-hmm. Um, I do apologize. <laughs> We're not allowed to use that today. Uh, um, <laughs> but, but tell us, why do you not like the word influencer? I, I think, I think it's not, it's less about the reality of it is there's a lot of marketing firms that use that word because it's a very direct, you know, line towards what's going on in, in the background of, just the advertising that's that it's tied to but for some reason because i think in social media has been ingrained about to be a focus of who we are first people just get really put off by the, the very pushy and honestly oftentimes poorly developed sales that uh that quote influencers i think put in front of them 
I totally agree with you, Derek. I think there is, can be a stigma around that I word, influencer. <laughs> um, but it is interesting, you know, it's real. There is some mm. real power to social marketing and um, I'm heavily influenced, sorry to say that word again. <laughs> <laughs> oh. But I am uh, by the people I follow on my Instagram feeds and from my peers. Uh, but I also am so intrigued by your contrasting life and how you balance that mm-hmm. being um, a banker from um, eight till six to to going home and then putting on a different hat. Thank you for making sure that was a good 10-hour day there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, to be honest, the very first opportunities became uh, present after the very first show that I did. And I didn't understand it at all. I actually had only gotten Instagram maybe like four months before that and had like three posts, (laughs) which... (laughs) Instagram is the primary vehicle that a lot of this, you know, drives on. And, and a mm-hmm. lot of that has to do with Facebook being really intelligent about how they um, developed their reporting and any of the information that's that then can be delivered to a business. Mm-hmm. And so it like I just couldn't make sense of it. And then I guess I started to understand more as um, I presented more of myself and people started responding and replying. And you get this sense that people almost feel like they know you. Once that kind of happened, I changed my mindset because I'd seen some of my friends. We we started talking about how basically this was like free money. Um, And especially, I'm going to talk about my best friend, Wells, who is a genius at this stuff. He he basically was saying, how is this any different from some other stupid thing I would find, you know, online and then talk to people about. So taking something that's an advertisement and making it fun and enjoyable and just like connecting with people in a way that still, of course, like represents the brand or what what have you. Sure. So I think the important thing to know is who you are and what makes sense with you. So there may be some very serious products. That's not me. That's not something I feel comfortable suggesting to people. So you have to believe in the product before you get involved? Because I think of my limited time, right? Because mm-hmm. I have I have this normal job. It's always on the weekend that you end, right. that I end up recording yeah. anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and so because of that, like I have to pick the ones that that resonate the most with me. Yep. And also that are presented in a way that I can have fun with or enjoy. Yeah. And that, that sort of segues into something that's always interested me. And it's really whether we treat our passions as jobs or we treat them as purely mm. just a passion. Um, I know for me, I started to enjoy music more in many ways when I transitioned from being a professional singer to singing just more as a hobby. Mm. You know, these side hustles that you've picked up, are they passions for you that you'd want to do full time? Uh, that's a really difficult question to answer and, and excellent. That's why I asked. <laughs> <laughs> hitting hard hitting questions here at Laura Road. Um, okay, so f- first things first, I feel the same way that if I'm not making my passions work, they're more enjoyable, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's days when with my other podcast that's with, or with my podcast that's bachelor related or six hours of television in a week that we then have to discuss. Those are exhausting. It's that's a lot not of TV. Fun. Yeah, that's not fun. I don't Get enjoy <laughs> watching that much drama that's reality oh based, gosh. you know, and then commentating on it. Um, but there's also then a lot of positives, right? For the most part, finding ways to you know, say little jokes or find Mm -hmm. um, connecting points from this ridiculous show that I've been connected to. Mm -hmm. It -hmm. becomes a creative outlet for me. And and in that sense, I can enjoy the creativity that goes into that. I can enjoy the difference and it adds value. 
So one thing I really like about what you do, Derek, is that you've struck a really cool balance between um, having a creative outlet, but is actually making a material impact in your life. So mm -hmm. can you tell us a bit more about kind of the recipe that someone could follow or the essence of starting a side hustle and what they should do to make it enjoyable, but also meaningful? I'll tell you, I didn't get there easily, um, but I, to your point, I do think I've kind of narrowed down the way that I think about uh, assessing an opportunity, right? And mm -hmm. so first things first, simplicity. Because there's a lot of things that can get extremely cumbersome and certainly maybe they're really valuable. But personally, because this is a side gig, a side hustle, I don't have the time to invest in something like that. So this is low lift. If I can just, um, based on my existing skill set, do, boom, it makes sense to me. Mm -hmm. First thing is simplicity. Second thing is looking at the returns. So if there's really high returns, then maybe it does make sense to spend a week learning something new. In many cases, realistically, let's price myself out of a lot of things because I know that it's not worth it for me to take the time unless someone's going to go, yeah, you know, we're ready to make that kind of investment. And a lot of times, right. anything that's in that higher range too, by the way, there's a recurring relationship. They want to do this on an ongoing basis. Yeah. Again, simplicity. Now we're talking about returns. If it meets both of those, then how much time is this going to take? Because my time is very precious. I only have so much of it for my personal life. If this is going to take a part of that and be my side gig, is this realistically going to just crowd out your entire life and then you're going to end up with no enjoyment you know, whatsoever? Right. I think there's a lot to the simplicity and returns aspect that ties into personal branding and branding yourself. In the act mm. of branding yourself, you're finding out who you are and what you're good at and what do you stand for. And out of that, you might discover the white space that nobody else is hitting on that you can find a side hustle in. Um, you know, for me, I have a, a strange talent being able to sing opera so I can go off and do that at parties and weddings. Prove and, it. And have you so, done it on the podcast? So yeah. I, I did last week. <laughs> okay. I gave a little preview <laughs> and it's going to come back. Uh, but, but I really think that personal branding exercises are a wonderful way for people to tap into their yeah. unique strengths and, and get to those those points that you spoke about. Yeah, I, I you know what, I've never gone through an actual exercise. Um, yeah. But, you know, I mean, it's a great, a great way to position this for somebody who wants to actually look for then a, a long-term business because, to be frank, there are lots of Fortune 500 companies who are looking mm -hmm. into how they can invest money in, in this influencer um, world. You know, there's a lot of actually... Uh, more funds and more opportunities for some of the like mid-level influencers that have suddenly popped up out of nowhere. Yep. There's just gigantic corporations that mm -hmm. are bringing them large sums of money that uh -huh. used to go towards, you know, advertising on television or on radio. Right. So what I like about what you just said is, you know, there are some exercises that people can go through. Mm -hmm. And if they want to create a brand that, you know, they think is going to be a business opportunity, that's going to be a lot of time investment. It is not an easy lift. Believe you me, this only happened because I accidentally ended up on a show. <laughs> no, totally. So we've talked a lot about social marketing, personal branding. What are some tips you can give people, just some short and easy tips around creating a great campaign or marketing oneself or marketing a product? Uh, so a lot of this comes from brand guidance typically, but you know, people do want to see smiling faces. They want to see bright content. So there's a lot of like bright lights and, and um, go look at ads on the street. That's what they want to see in mm. a representation on um, social posts. You know, like what's what's something that has been the most powerful with my podcast? It was Skinny Pop Popcorn. So just jokingly, the very first time that we did some 
ad read um instead of saying skinny pop i read it like the song from nsync dirty pop so it's like <laughs> skinny pop right <laughs> <laughs> just some stupid little thing and then the next week that i read it i realized that the ad could be sung oh. for whatever reason the timing was all perfect so it was just like now it's time for something sweet, salty, and cheesy. And I change it. And so I, now I sing it. And so I go, now it's time for something sweet, salty, <laughs> and cheesy. It's a skinny pop moments of the Bachelor week. And nice. it took off. Like, all of a sudden, there was hundreds of people tagging us and me. They would just be at the store getting skinny pop tagging. And skinny pop came back and was like, what did you guys do that all of a sudden all of these it. people are? It just took some little thing like that, right? Yeah. So you don't always know. Yeah. But what I will say is people just want to have fun. So that was some fun yeah. so thing, true. right? That's go. the feeling that you want to incite. It's amazing how bursting into song, and I would know this pretty well, true. can change <laughs> the course of an advertisement or an evening altogether. Yeah. Well, maybe we'll get into it one day. Yeah. Karaoke after I, this, guys. I'm down. <laughs> Let's go. Let's hit the bar. So, Bradley, obviously not everyone wants to be an influencer. Right. If this is not going to be a story that applies to everyone, and that's okay. I mean, we we ourselves are not aspiring to be influencers, although maybe some days it does <laughs> seem appealing. Finding what makes you unique is a big takeaway here. Finding your white space, knowing what makes you uniquely you, and if that uniqueness can be matched to the market somewhere where someone's not doing something that you can fill, I think that's an amazing insight we learned here. I agree, Alex. And I think one of the other things that I took from the conversation is that you may not know what your differentiating factor is or what Absolutely. makes you unique. However, what Derek did is he said yes to something. Right. And uh, he has used this to create a platform uh, to to be able to share his creativity mm -hmm. and look at where it's taken him over the last few years. So right. um, saying yes to opportunities is one of the things that I took from this as well. Uh, and these mm -hmm. huge things that can come from that. Totally. And, and creative outlets in general. I mean, not everybody needs a creative outlet, but if you do, a side hustle can really be a perfect way to explore that creative outlet. And if you're lucky enough, maybe you'll strike that balance of high returns with something you love that is relatively simple and doesn't interfere with your day job. So you get the time, the returns, and the simplicity that Derek stressed are so important for making a side hustle realistically work in your life. Mm, and the realities of the side hustle is very interesting as well. It's a lot of work. Yeah, and can't we, be underestimated. We all work so hard. So if you can make it something that's really fun or you're, you're just something you're really good at, I think that makes all the difference. 100%. So thank you, Briarly, for another great episode. Thanks to our guest, Derek Faith, for a great conversation. So we're really looking forward to our next episode featuring our chief marketing officer, Alyssa Schaefer, on millennial and Gen Z couples finance issues. Can money matters make or break a relationship? We'll find out. Thank you so much for joining us. We hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, please hit subscribe. To learn more about what we've spoken about today, visit laurelroad.com slash podcast. We'd also love to hear your thoughts and feedback for future episodes. Please email us at podcast at laurelroad.com. 
Let's get the legal out of the way. Lowell Road is a brand of KeyBank NA, member FDIC and equal housing lender, NMLS number 399797. Any opinions, findings, and conclusions expressed in this podcast are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect the views of KeyBank. In providing this information, KeyBank is not acting as your agent or is offering any tax, financial, accounting, or legal advice.